So I think she has a real talent for being able to like completely switch styles and directions. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Jamie is joining the show to review the book, The Late Comer. The yes. Late Comer. Does so how about a, you tell us a bit about does it? Does it have an author? It does. <laughs> yes. It is. I'm like, I think the last book I reviewed in here was by Anonymous. This one so actually. I, it's an important question It is you. an important question. This book, it was written by Jean Corlitz. That's with a K. Who, this is interesting. I... When I first picked up the book, I did like the cover. Leslie commented that the cover, which you cannot see in Radioland, uh, is attractive. It has three flowers, yes. poppies, and red flowers on it. It's kind of striking. I think that's how I picked it. You know, I'm good at judging mm-hmm. books by their covers. So <laughs> I probably walked by it in the library and was like, I'll read that. But I did not realize uh, that I have read two of her previous Oh, works like her name, I guess, to me, as I came in here and I couldn't remember her name is unfortunately forgettable. And I never (laughs) associate that author with the book that they wrote. But I was looking it up today and she has written several books, two of which I read and enjoyed. So do you remember the titles for the other two? I don't remember, but I wrote them down. Okay. (laughs) Uh, One which I read kind of recently, probably last year, was called The Plot. And I loved that book. It was kind of like a mystery driven. It was also this is going to sound funny to say it was very plot driven. And the reason (laughs) go go figure, the reason I bring that up is because this book we're going to talk about today, The Latecomer, is extremely character driven. Mm -hmm. But the plot was super fantastic. And then many years ago, I read a book called You Should Have Known, which was kind of like a psychological thriller, which I believe they've retitled and repackaged. It's now called The Undoing because they made a TV situation. out of it. But I remember listening to that book, too. And none of her books are like high literature. You know, they're very that one, too, very plot driven, kind of like a mystery lies underneath, which is cool because this other book called The Latecomer is extremely character driven. It's not like her other books. And in fact, all of her books are very, very different. So Mm. that is probably why I can never remember that she's the person that wrote them. So I have to ask the obvious question. Is The Latecomer the one who done it? Yeah, no, there's, I don't, let me, stretching my, oh, I was going to say no one dies in this book, but that is not true. I will tell you who dies. Early on, there is a death, but it's not uh, central to the plot of the book. The Latecomer, you know, the title typically gives everything away and we just don't pay attention to it. The Latecomer is the narrator of the book and she is the latecomer to this family. So the entire book is about the Oppenheimer family. And it starts with Salo or Sal Oppenheimer. When he is in college, this is where the death comes in. There is a car accident and his He's the driver and his girlfriend dies tragically in the accident while they're in college. And then there were two other passengers in the car and they both lived. But this is sort of important because one of them will show up later in the novel. Interesting. So you say... Is it about a murder? Is the murder? No, it's no, no murder. They oh, need okay. a murder. At first, a and mystery with no murder? No murder. What? When I first started reading it, you know, it kind of starts with this car accident. That's kind of where we are. And I'm like, that sounds very Chappaquiddick somehow. Mm-hmm. But um, because the Oppenheimer family is kind of a prominent, very wealthy Jewish family, just like the Kennedys. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> the, but it's not, it, it isn't like that. Like he, there was no mystery or whatever, but she did die. And then... Her roommate, like someone she knew, someone that his poor dead girlfriend knew, finds him, meets him at the funeral and then finds him a few years later at the bar. And her name is Johanna. 
and she ends up marrying him. Mm -hmm. But she knows about this tragedy. Like poor Salo was marked by this, you know, early tragedy in his life and he can never be happy. And so her goal in life becomes to, I don't know, save him, make him happy Mm -hmm. situation. Sounds wonderfully codependent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that, like, I'm not sure they ever like had a deep and passionate love or whatever, which explains why later when he runs into the other passenger in the car who was in the back seat, they fall in love okay. much later on. But the but the story, the primary story centers around they have then Salo and Johanna get married and they have triplets. Wow. Through like in vitro or artificial. And it's really the story of the triplets, I guess. There's two boys, Harrison and Lewin, and a girl named Sally. So they're they're triplets, but the whole situation is they are not at all close. I mean at all. Like they barely speak. They go to the same school and, you know, live in the same house. Mm-hmm. But they're they have almost virtually no relationship with each other. All three of them? All three of them, which is, I know. (laughs) So I'm a twin and I can like, I can relate to that. But usually like in a pair or not a pair of three, but when there's three, like (laughs) they change allegiances and this and that. But no, they're all and they're all very, very different. Harrison is like a bookworm, like a nerd, like super, super smart. And Lewin's kind of affable. And Sally's a little neurotic, I guess is how Mm -hmm. we would put it. But. The book moves pretty quickly through their childhood. And then a big chunk of the book takes place when they're in college. And Lewin and Sally go to the same college, which is Cornell. And Harrison goes to this special two-year college. And I'm making it sound like a junior college. He would be very offended. It's like... (laughs) For the cream of the crop, like off the grid, all male in the woods of New Hampshire. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Sounds like a where, great place for where a they cult. study the classics and like very male centered things. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so and the, it, another interesting little caveat of the book is it makes re- this is book is obviously fiction, but it makes reference to a real book called Colleges That Change Lives that came out in the 90s. And it's mostly a bunch of small liberal arts schools and like Mm -hmm. things that you may have never otherwise have heard of, but that have really interesting programs that, you know, change your life, as the title says. And strangely, my college that I went to is in the book. It's been in the book since it was it's it's been republished several times Mm -hmm. since the 90s. So I had this little affinity for that. Was his book in was his college in this book? Yes, supposedly kind of. But I think his college is actually fictional. Yeah, but it's probably yeah. (laughs) But it's probably based on a real situation of some. I'm sure there's some fancy rich school where you just sit in the woods and read classical literature and become manlier. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And it's New Hampshire. And he like as he grows up, he becomes like the equivalent of like a Fox News correspondent, like ultra right wing and that mm-hmm. and then Sally and Lewin not so much and there's a big like so when two of them Lewin and Sally Sally are at Cornell together they pretend not to know each other the entire time they're at college they never wow. speak they don't say oh you know I have a twin or a triplet here none of that and it causes this very interesting situation which later tears the family apart for many years. So I have to ask, of the triplets, does one feel more like a central protagonist or do they all get equal screen time? They get equal screen time. They get different chapters devoted to them. And this is sort of interesting, too, because the book has a narrator, which is the latecomer. But when they do the chapters that belong to Sally and to Harrison and to Lewin, it's done in the third person. Mm -hmm. Okay, So that's sort of interesting. But you can tell like how she set it up. This latecomer is like 
telling the story of all yeah. the people. So the latecomer, when they had the triplets, they did like I said, the artificial you know, situation and they had another embryo. So they had four embryos and they used three and they left one on ice. And that is the late cover. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when the kids go to college, the mom decides that she wants to have another baby. And there's a she's inspired to do this for a particular reason that I will not give away. But she (laughs) sees something and she's freaked out. And she's like, the answer to my freaked outedness the answer to the situation is i'm gonna have another baby and oh my gosh i have one in a refrigerator somewhere so i'm gonna go get it and (laughs) then that is how the latecomer which is the fourth triplet uh, (laughs) comes in like 18 years after the other kids wow so you said the triplets aren't close to each other do any of them have a special relationship with the mom or dad or is everybody just kind of doing their own thing literally everyone is doing their own thing. I can understand where she was like, maybe if I try again, but there's only one, (laughs) maybe then they'll like me. Yeah. And it was kind of her dream to have this like close knit family, Mm -hmm. you know, and even to be close with her husband, which she is not because he has two real loves and one is art, which that part of the book, if you're an art lover is fascinating. Mm -hmm. He falls in love with the strangest kind of art at the time. It was called outsider art and he starts collecting art obsessively and he has a whole warehouse full of very unique pieces. Wow. That he, so he's like spends all of his time there, but then also with his mistress mm-hmm. who happened to be in the backseat of the car when the, so is. probably also is into art. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, yes, she's a documentary filmmaker and they <laughs> and they run into each other at this art show that she's making a documentary about and he's, you know, interested in collecting this artist. So there's that and that's the only thing that makes him likable is his relationship to the mistress. Where you realize, um, like, oh, okay, he's not terrible, I guess, if you're the right person. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he he meets a tragic end. I won't tell you how, but there's a lot of pulp, pop culture references in this book. He meets a tragic end, and then it's up to the latecomer, basically, to try to pull the family together. So Johanna also sounds like she's kind of hard to relate to because she almost needs people. Is that her character is the most underdeveloped in the book? Like she's attracted to this guy because of his tragedy and she wants to save him. But we don't really get inside of her head very much. But inside of the triplets head. Yes. Very fascinating stuff. So uh, there. I need to circle back around. Yes, this ma'am. is a mystery novel? No, this is not. Oh, okay. Yeah. This whole time <laughs> I, I was, was like, what's too. the mystery? <laughs> no, there is no mystery. Well, there's a few little things. It's super layered. It's very interesting. Is it just in fiction or? Yeah, just okay. fi- Yeah, yeah. And again, it's very, it's really about the characters, not so much about what happens mm-hmm. because not a lot unusual happens. It's, yeah. They just live these lives, but you get this really interesting insight into all of their personalities, their relationship or lack thereof with each other, this device of the the fourth sibling to pull it all together mm-hmm. at the end. But no mystery. Do they delve into why the siblings aren't close? Like, is there a reason or no. is it just that's that's the way it happens? Yeah, they just I can don't even see like I know a lot of times parents of multiples will really try to, you know, dress them all alike. Yeah, yeah I've been there. Do that, that together. Stuff. <laughs> um, I almost wondered if it was like a reaction to that. Like, no, I am my own person. But... Yeah, I mean, it, and it certainly could be like, I am just a twin and I say just a twin because a triplet is far more exotic. But when you're a multiple, 
you're actually called that. Like we're called the twins. They're called the triplets. Like, mm-hmm. so there's a certain amount of packaging that is there from the beginning and definitely the dressing alike. And and then the, the assumption that you're going to have this like super almost close. supernatural, yeah. super close relationship. So I do think, you know, the tendency would be to fight against it, but it doesn't go into it. This book does skip it doesn't skip time, but it will move pretty quickly over mm-hmm. certain concepts or certain things to get to its next place. You didn't happen to read French Braid, did you? Yes. Did you see some similarities in like the whole like you have this family unit, but everybody's just kind of not Distant. able like it's like oil and water, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's just like random people in a house together. Yes. Yeah. And it very much feels that way. Okay. And it's not that they like they don't have big. Fi- well, they do have this gigantic fight that is caused by something. But like beside that scene, there's not a lot of actual animosity or fighting or, you know, that's atypical. It's just like regular family stuff. But there's not a lot of closeness yeah i would imagine it requires some level of closeness to fight with people a lot if you're just distant if you don't think of them as a family member you why would you you're just like i'm my roommate yeah Yeah. heard of cats yeah (laughs) yeah you know what that is exactly what this is like yeah sometimes they're in the same room but it doesn't mean they're siblings yeah that's a hundred percent yeah they're they're cats this is really a book about cats it's all a metaphor (laughs) so do you remember her other works the two, the plot and the... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you... How do you prefer her writing the plot-driven one versus the character-driven one? It's so, like... Or is it so different that you can't... It's so compare? different. I wouldn't recognize... I didn't recognize yeah. her writing. I wasn't like, oh, I've read her before. Where, like, some authors you have a certain feel. So I think she has a real talent for being able to, like, completely switch styles a and chameleon. directions. Because the plot was also... Wasn't it a genre fiction something? Was it mystery? You know what? That's an interesting question. Like, it's probably shelved in mystery, but it okay. could be shelved in fiction because it's not a typical, like... Yeah. I don't think there is a murder in the plot. Well, I mean, maybe there is, uh, but it's, <laughs> it is very mysterious and has a whole like undertone of what's happening and who's, how is this going to end and what's the real truth? It, the plot definitely has that. And you should have known kind of has that too. There's a missing person and, you know, a mystery, but this one, no, just straight up all these characters doing their thing. I, so if you like French braid, maybe you'd like this. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I recommended this book to my very best friend is taking her daughter to college and they're driving from Minnesota to Boston. And mm-hmm. she's like, what book should we listen to in the car? And I'm like, I think this one, cause it's very like the kids end up as a college age for a big chunk of the yeah. novel. And, and there's a few twists in here that I cannot give away, but that keep it just interesting enough. And then at the end, like when they all get together and stuff, totally not believable. Like there's a chance meeting on the street would never happen. Right. (laughs) Especially in New York City. Like it's not going to happen. It's not a small town. So there's certain things that are unbelievable and wouldn't happen. But, you know, that's fiction. So it's compelling. I think it's a very interesting read or listen. Is there anybody else you would hand this book to? It's a good crossover. I do think it's a good crossover for YA just because the the elements of the triplets and college are interesting enough to keep like a young adult reader. But I think most people would like it. It doesn't have strong like guy appeal. It's not girly in any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, just a typical airplane read, typical general fiction, general fiction, (laughs) I guess beach read like it's yeah. yeah, it's not too snooty or highbrow, right? It is not highbrow. No, it's very easy to read. And it moves, even though it's not plot driven and like not a lot of things happen, it does pass quite a span of time. Like some people call it a family saga. I think saga might be an exaggeration, but um, <laughs> but it, it does go through that kind of parents 
to children until the children grow up mm-hmm. situation. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing us another latest and greatest read. Definitely. Even though we thought it was a mystery for I know, most of I the know, podcast. It was my fault. I no, guess because you led with the plot no. and then I just assumed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But everyone will like it. Read it. The Latecomer by Jean Corlitz. All right. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.